Our first candidate is Mark McMain. Mark McMain, very simply and quickly, by way of a very quick introduction, who are you, where are you from? Yep, I'm from Walton County, Monroe, Georgia. I'm here with my wife, Liliana, my campaign manager, Ryan, and my political director, Caleb. And I'm a little bit nervous because I got some dude behind me with a sledgehammer so going to bump me over the head if I'm not careful. Mike, keep an eye on him. If he yeah. gets up, that would be Matt Richards, Andy. And we'll get to Matt Richards later. Uh, and again, I should also point out that these, the order in which we meet with these candidates this evening, completely random. We did a drawing a few minutes ago. Why are you running for Congress? Look, I want to continue with what President Trump started and put America first. I've been self-employed since the age of 19. And over the past 30 years, I have developed a skill set that will vastly help me in Washington, D.C. I'm an outsider. I'm fiscally responsible. I want to balance our budget. And when I get to D.C., I want to drain the swamp. I want to implement term limits. And I want to crush that nest that these politicians, these career politicians, have made for themselves. Would you term limit yourself? And if so, how many? A absolutely. I'm an advocate for three terms in the House of Representatives. Representatives, what is, those are the grunts of D.C. If you're doing it right, if you're working to get the legislation passed that you want to get passed, and you're serving your constituents back home, you should be exhausted at the end of six years. Those that sit there in those seats for 18, 20, 24 years, they've made a career for themselves. They're no longer serving their constituents, and they're no longer serving the federal government. I see State Representative Houston Gaines in the back of the room. As you know, Houston Gaines and his House and Senate colleagues will, I think, in a couple of Lines. You're running in a district or for a seat. You're not sure what the district boundaries are going to be. Have you given that any thought? Does that impact your thinking in any way as you run this campaign? Look, we're all faced with that. You know, you, you want to spend your resources where you best know that that's going to wind up being in the district. So I think right now you just you, you pick your territory that you feel the best in. But yes, we're all faced with that dilemma of not knowing where the boundaries are. So hopefully it doesn't change too much, Houston. I mentioned that, uh, that some of these questions come from the audience here. Uh, this is a question from a doctor, a physician. A uh, question regarding the shortage of physicians, primary care providers in Georgia. What, if any, role would there be for Congress, and what would you propose be done? Well, look, as a nation, we have to continue educating our people. We are, uh, and outside of the physicians, in Georgia specifically, what I'd like to speak to here is we have a mental health crisis. And I was not aware of that until I began to visit with the law enforcement officials within my district, the sheriffs. I would ask them, hey, what is the number one? You know, Houston Gaines and his House and Senate colleagues will, I think, in a couple of lines. You're running in a district or for a seat. You're not sure what the district boundaries are going to be. Have you given that any thought? Does that impact your thinking in any way as you run this campaign? Look, we're all faced with that. You know, you, you want to spend your resources where you best know that that's going to wind up being in the district. So I think right now you just you, you pick your territory that you feel the best in. But yes, we're all faced with that dilemma of not knowing where the boundaries are. So hopefully it doesn't change too much, Houston. I mentioned that, uh, that some of these questions come from the audience here. Uh, this is a question from a doctor, a physician. A uh, question regarding the shortage of physicians, primary care providers in Georgia. What, if any, role would there be for Congress, and what would you propose be done? Well, look, as a nation, we have to continue educating our people. We are, uh, and outside of the physicians, in Georgia specifically, what I'd like to speak to here is we have a mental health crisis. And I was not aware of that until I began to visit with the law enforcement officials within my district, the sheriffs. I would ask them, hey, what is the number one? Because a mental health crisis.
and that would fall under the purview of the U.S. House of Representatives. Look, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in every, every field medical, but what I'll tell you is this, is we need resources for each state, and I can only speak specific to Georgia. We need resources to be sure that we have state-of-the-art facilities. Uh, I think the last facility that we really had was in Milledgeville, which has now been shut down. And so I think the mental health crisis has been, been, has been pushed to the curb, and we need to bring it back front and center. And I think that will help a lot of our issues, not just for the law enforcement side, but for the homeless issue that we're facing as, as well. Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. Let's back up just a bit. A bit of biographical information. Who are you? Um, look, I've, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I moved to Georgia when I was 10. I, uh, I got my first job at the age of 14 years old. I paid my own way through community college. It was an illustrious institution called DeKalb County Community College. It was very difficult to get into. <laughs> but I, I joke about that, but I'm so proud of the education that I was able to afford myself. Uh, I opened my first business at the age of 19. I've opened several businesses since, since then. Um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Liliana. We have two boys, Matthew and Marcus. Marcus is a freshman at Georgia College and State University down in Milledgeville. And my older son, Matthew, is in his third year at the United States Naval Academy, and both boys are way smarter than dad, thank the Lord. <laughs> As you think about the, the country that they are growing into, they, they grow into adulthood, as you mentioned, both of them students. Uh, what are your thoughts for the immediate future and the future they'll see in 20, 30 years? Their children, what are you thinking? That, that's an excellent question. When you go around and I travel to the various GOP, the, the questions that come in are, are important, rock-solid questions that we address with our groups right here in front of us. But it's interesting, when I went and I traveled to UGA and I asked that group of kids what their concerns were, it's a total different level of concern than what we have. They're frightened for their future. And I'll tell you one of the big things they're scared about. They're scared about censorship and free speech. I asked them, I said, hey, if you, would, would you be comfortable walking down the halls of UGA with a shirt that says I'm a Republican? And unanimously these kids said, no way. And I said, what do you fear? And they said, well, we fear the teachers and we fear the students. Folks, what has happened where we are scared to walk down a campus like UGA and be proud of the party that we're part of? And, the flip side was they said that the Democrats or the liberals are not scared. Folks, we got to come out of the shadows. We have to go to war against the radicals that are. Mark McMain, candidate for Congress. Just another couple of brief moments remaining. Was the election of 2020, in your estimation, stolen? Is that the right word? Is that the word you would use? Look, I think in Georgia there was some nefarious activity, and it's very likely it was stolen. When you look at the mail-in ballots specifically, the, 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 way that, the way that we mailed mail-in ballots to every single household, which means you had dead people get them, you had people that had moved get them, and it's not just what we see in the news, it's anecdotal stories that I'm sure I've heard of and I know y'all have heard of where there's cheating that took place, and folks, we just want to know what happened. Here we are a year later, and we still don't, we don't have results from a forensic audit. We have no clue what's taking place. We don't, we don't know how they did it to us. So back in 2000, when Bush beat Gore, we tore the world apart to get to the bottom of the hanging chads in Miami-Dade County. Why can't we do that here? So what would your proposal be? The Georgia legislature passed Senate Bill 202. I'm going to assume, don't let me speak for you, but I assume you support that bill. What beyond that would you do at the congressional level? Look, and yes, I do support that bill. And I'll tell you what I want to do is this. I want to get to D.C. and I want to stop the federal government from trying to dictate to Georgia how we're going to manage our elections. That's a bunch of garbage. And Biden is trying to do that with his $3.5 trillion budget proposal. 
we can manage our own elections just fine. Uh, quickly, one minute left here. Uh, tell us how folks can get in contact with the Mark, and it is M-A-R-C, yes. Mark McMain campaign. How do folks reach out? How do folks, dare I say, contribute money? Yeah, so look, if you visit markforcongress.com, that is Mark with a C, uh, that is the best way to reach us. We'll be here at our booth, obviously, all night until this place closes down. I think we're going to be out of here by midnight. So, <laughs> But if you want to come visit with me, I would love to answer any questions you have. But if you don't have time, if you go to markforcongress.com, that's how you can reach me. Again, Mark with a C, markforcongress.com. Yes, sir. Mark McMain, candidate for Congress in Georgia. Dan, thanks for your time this evening. Best Thank of luck you, on the campaign trail. We will talk again soon. And if you would now hand the, uh, the hand the headsets over, Alan Sims is the next candidate. Uh, we are welcoming now Alan Sims. I'll just slide on those headphones and we'll get rolling here again. Uh, each of our candidates gets eight minutes, and I'm doubling as the time. Quick second to get set up this evening. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for hosting, and thanks to Oconee County for hosting this entire forum. Uh, Colonel Alan Sims, step us through the military background. Okay, I left here in this region of Georgia where I was privileged privileged to grow up in a great family and in this great area to leave to go to the United States Military Academy at West Point. From there, I took an oath to defend the Constitution, to uphold and defend the Constitution, and I did that for more than 30 years. That Constitution never expires, and I remain under that Constitution to this day. Congress, the Constitution will remain, that oath will remain, and only the mission will change. I did about 20 years of operational military stuff. First down here at Fort Stewart as a tank platoon leader. I went to airborne school at Fort Benning, and then I became a pilot, first in helicopters, and then in uh, C-130 aircraft transports. So I dropped hundreds and hundreds of uh, paratroopers. I switched to fighter aircraft. I flew the A-10 and led my unit to Afghanistan. After flying 59 combat missions, I came home to New Orleans, where our base was, and I led the evacuation from Hurricane Katrina uh, that we were faced with. After that, I took assignment to Israel for two years. I was based in Jerusalem, Israel, and I worked in a special detail in the embassy right there and worked special, uh, especially close with the Israel Defense Forces against their um, issues, their, their defense issues. That changed my life and my way of thinking. They were under siege. And they were under siege back when we thought we weren't. And so I brought that to my next assignment in Washington, D.C., first at the Pentagon as policy director for Middle East on the joint staff and followed by director of energy policy for the Air Force. Both of those were in the Pentagon. And the thing that I want to bring attention to in those is I worked with Congress. I worked with the White House, the CIA, the DEI, every alphabet agency within the interagency, and I worked with our foreign policies and allies to get things done in Washington. I know how to get things done in Washington, and it's possible to do if you just know your way around. I'm not a politician. I've never held elective office. I'm not bought. I don't owe anything to anyone. I answer only to God, and I answer to you, the citizens here in the 10th District of Georgia. You're obviously running for Congress and not Commander-in-Chief, at least not yet. Uh, I want to ask your thoughts uh, quickly on what we have seen unfold in Afghanistan the last couple of months. Well, you can see that this was done without a plan. This was just uh, an administration, the Biden's administration, to evacuate us 
and it was so important to do it that they apparently did it without the advice of their military advisors in the Pentagon. And that is reflective of the fact that we don't have a national security strategy. One of the first Let me quickly interject. Did we have one this time a year ago? A national security yes. strategy? We absolutely had the strongest one we'd had since Reagan under the Trump administration. It was awesome. It outlined all the national interests that we needed to protect and how we were going to do it. But this administration has not yet produced one of those. We don't have a national security strategy. We don't have a national military strategy. And that's what you saw borne out in our I understand we only have, uh, Colonel Sims, only have the one commander-in-chief. What, if any, is the role for Congress to play in a situation like this? To hold him accountable and to hold his selection of general officers and leadership accountable in the military. I think we all can see that we have weak leadership and compromised leadership at the top of the military right now, and that needs to be routed out. Uh, you're, the first candidate on stage, Mark McMain, came out in favor of term limits. Again, don't let me misspeak, but I think he said three term limits for a member of the House. Uh, agree, disagree? What's your thought on a, a term-limited Congress? I know that term limits are very popular. So what we're saying when we say that we're for term limits is we're saying we don't like your people who have been in there too long. When we like our people, we want them to go as long and as hard as they can. When we had Sam Nunn for a number of years, we didn't call for term limits then. Uh, you just mentioned two Democrats in a room full of Republicans. Is mm -hmm. that indicative of, in your mind, don't let me put words in your mouth here, does that speak to maybe the, I'm going to use the word drift of the Democrat Party? It isn't the party of Sam Nunn anymore. No, it's not. You remember Zell Miller said the party left him. Mm. Uh, this was a Democratic state. I mean, a lot of you can remember that. Uh, it is, again, as of November and January. Ooh, but <laughs> Don't remind me about that one. I'm looking forward. So... Uh, I was raised in a Democratic family, and I wasn't old enough to vote for Jimmy Carter, but I sure would have if I was old enough to do it. But by the time that whole fiasco happened in Iran, I was like, something's wrong. I joined the military, and Ronald Reagan walked in just about the time I joined, and I learned what peace through strength was all about. And I think that we should never go back on through strength. A uh, quick question that we also pose to Mark McMain, and then we'll, we'll mention this probably to each of the candidates this evening. You're running in a district. You don't know what that district's going to look like in a couple of months. Uh, your thoughts on that? I'm here to represent the 10th Congressional District of Georgia. It's changed any number of times through the years, and it's going to change this time. And I'm going to work with the district as it's drawn out by the Georgia legislature. Where can folks find Colonel Alan Sims and find him on the Internet? AlanSimsForCongress.com. And again, he spells it incorrectly. He spells it A-L-A-N, uh, Alan Sims, Alan, A-L-A-N, and one M in Sims. So Alan Sims for Congress. Alan Sims for Congress.com. Uh, how goes the campaign? Is this your first time running for anything? This is my first time for running for any type of office. I've never even run for dog catcher mm. before. What I'm finding is... It's a learning process, and I believed at the outset that running a campaign was the price you had to pay to serve in public office. But now I've learned better. The campaign is where the candidate is formed. It's where he learns the district in a way and in dimensions that he didn't know it before. It's where he learns how the, uh, the district connects and operates, you know, because each district is an ecosystem unto itself. 
And so I've learned also to talk about things that I never thought I'd be comfortable talking about before. As a military guy, I was taught not to talk about myself, and here I am doing it tonight. So I'm enjoying the campaign process. I will be forward, uh, looking forward to when it's over. Very, very quickly, just uh, about 45 seconds left here, and don't use them all. Uh, wh what are people talking about the most? I think people are upset and concerned about our national security. We are projecting weakness to every corner of the globe, and it's inviting aggression, not just from Russia and China, but from the Taliban even. Who heard of that? Colonel Allen Sims. Uh, Colonel Allen Sims running for Congress in Georgia 10, one of 12 candidates with us here this evening. Best of luck on the campaign trail, and thanks for your time tonight, Colonel Allen Sims. <laughs> Making way for businessman Matt Richards. Uh, Matt Richards, uh, getting situated there. Uh, yes, yeah, slide those on. Have a seat. Do what you will with the hammer as long as it's nothing violent. And thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us this evening. And that, I know, is the first question you always get. Uh, tell, me, tell me about the hammer. Tell us all about the hammer, Matt Richards. Well, so real quick, I want to ask you all. Do you all know what this is? Yeah? So this has been a tool of mine for the last 20 years. I've used this to get where I am today. And most of you all have heard my story. I come from very humble beginnings. Let me, let me get you to do this quickly. If you can slide this up just a little closer to your – there you good? go. Thank you. Yes. So I come from very humble beginnings. At 17, I had to drop out of high school to help take care of my family and put food on the table. And over the next 20 years, I used this to get where I'm at today. I've done about every job you can think of. And now I own and operate a multi-million-dollar demolition company here in the state. And the hammer comes in handy, I am sure. Talk about why, Matt Richards, you chose to jump into a congressional campaign. And the same question I asked a moment ago, is this your first campaign? Absolutely. I've never ran for anything in my life. I never thought that I would have to run in my life. So, you know, like President Trump, he was called to serve his country as a businessman. I'm a businessman that has been called to serve my country. You look around, and small businesses are under attack on every level right now, and so is America. And we have to follow the way that President Trump set things, a business-minded person, we need back to where they need to believe. Well, about that, and, and you're in business, in this case, a demolition business. I, I, you tell me, uh, A, are you impacted much at all, if at all, by the things that are out there, the supply chain issues, the employment issues, finding workers, those kind of things? If so, how are you managing? Absolutely. We're, we're stranded for labor force right now, dumpster shortage, materials, you name it. We're, we don't have it. The supply chain is completely by this god-awful president. Well, let me ask, was it, was it different this time last year? It was totally different. What changed? Brandon. <laughs> Hon <laughs> <laughs> it's the honest right. truth. All right. Well, that, that's an easy answer. Let me ask the harder question, Matt Richards, for Congress. What do you do about it? So the first thing we got to do is we, we've got to turn the House back to the Republicans. We've got to turn the Senate back to the Republicans. And we have to start holding Brandon, I'm sorry, Biden <laughs> responsible. And we have to do it now. You know, the, time's, the time is getting shorter for us to get out of the situation. You know, if we, in two years, if we don't take back the House and take back the Senate, we're not going to be America anymore. We're going to be China 2.0. It's a reality, and it's a fact. And communism is here. We're fighting it every day. And we've got to wreck the left, and we've got to put a stop to it now. And I hope y'all vote for me to do that. Well, let me ask the question this way, if, and, and you can tell me what you believe about this, but, but if the thinking is that in some form or fashion, some way, uh, November 2020, January 2021, those were stolen elections. The Democrats have cracked the code. If I believe that, why go out and vote for Matt Richards or anybody else on this stage? Because you have to. 
and the election was stolen, period. Trump won. I believe that, and I believe many of my competitors believe that, and a lot of these people in here believe that, you know? They, they showed us what they're going to do. We still, I'm still calling for a full forensic audit on our election. What do you we, mean by forensic audit? We what, need to look at every audit? ballot, every signature, waterproof. We need to look at everything. We need to see every hard drive. We have to start holding people accountable. People need to go to jail. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Brad Raffensperger, I think he's essential in this. He needs to go to jail, in my opinion, if he's found guilty. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Guilty of what? What would the crime be? Treason. Well, there's more than going to jail involved in treason, yeah. as I'm sure you know. That's, yeah. that's a pretty serious charge there. Hey, stealing a presidential election from the people of this country, that's treason in my mind. What do you think about Senate Bill 202 as passed by the Georgia legislature? I think it's a good first step, but it didn't go far enough, period. What do you think about what Congress is trying to do now, the White House and Congress, with, uh, with what some and Republicans, many of them on this stage, would say an attempt to federalize elections? It cannot happen. It's a, the elections need to stay with the states where, you know, our founding fathers, that's where it is. It stays with the states, and it needs to stay that way, and we have to put a stop to it now. Matt Richards, again, candidate for Congress. We, we've asked this of uh, the candidates proceeding, and we will of uh, the others who will follow here tonight. You don't know what this district is going to look like uh, after the first of the year, after a redistricting session that's going to take place starting, I guess, in a couple of weeks. What does that do to your campaign, your thoughts of running? Absolutely nothing. Um, I'm running to represent the people of the 10th and the people of the state of Georgia. I have one vote in Congress, and that vote is going to be for the entire state of Georgia and all of America. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the district looks like because I'm still going to be representing these people right here, and that's what matters to me more than anything. Well, let's talk about that. You said one vote in Congress, one among 435. Yep. You'd be a freshman. There's a chance that you would be a freshman in a minority party. Either way, you're one vote and a brand-new voice on Capitol Hill. What can one person do? A lot. Look what President Trump did. Uh, he did a lot. And, you know, we're going to use that same mindset, and we're going to go there. We're going to build the bridges that need to be built, and we're going to burn the bridges that need to be burnt. But at the end of the day, we're going to do what's best for the United States and the people of this country, period. What do you make of, as a businessman, Matt Richards, as a citizen, what do you make of this notion of to look at my bank account first time I string together $600? I'll say it right now. The IRS needs to be abolished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to go. Um, I think most people in here agree with that. And replaced by what? Or replaced with what? I, I'm all for fair tax, you know, pay. Yeah. The so. fair tax, meaning the, essentially a national sales yeah, tax. Period. And, again, somebody, even in that setting, somebody has to collect the revenue. Who would it be if not the IRS? We'll make somebody new. It's a little more friendly. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you do as a member of Congress? I did, did, did famously in the campaign a few years ago, Rick yeah. Perry running for president, he talked about eliminating this cabinet position, that cabinet position. Ironically, wound up serving in one of the cabinet positions he was going to eliminate the Department of Energy. What, if anything, would you propose along those lines? I mean, I'm all for cuts. Smaller governance, the governor is the answer. Government, sorry. Government is the answer across the board. You know, I personally don't like the government involved in my business or anything that I do, and I think most of y'all can agree with that. And less government's the way that we're supposed to be. And we, you know, the founders from the Revolutionary War, it was because the government was taxing tea and taxing us on every front. You look now, you can't buy anything in this country or do anything without being taxed. It's not right. As you make your way through what is now the 10th district as yep. presently configured, uh, you're obviously meeting with voters potential constituents what are they telling you it's pretty consistent we need to do an audit of the election president trump's still our president and we need more labor force 
People need to get back to work. We need to get back to work now. And very quickly, just a few seconds left here. Where do folks find you online? Wreckthelift.com, like the sledgehammer says. Wreckthelift.com is the website. Matt Richards for Congress, the candidate. Matt Richards, thanks for your time. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the stage now. Welcome to the stage now. Colonel Mitch Swan, our second, I believe, second military man of the evening. Colonel Mitch Swan, candidate for Congress. Mitch Swan, thanks for your time this evening. Oh, thank you, Tim. So uh, glad to be here. Same question we've tossed at everybody else here. Why now? I know this is your second lap around the sure. track. Why run for Congress now? Oh, well, right now I'm out of the Marine Corps, right? So the first time I ran, I was, I'd fallen to reserve status, so I was still on a bit of a leash. And so now I have all the time in the world to dedicate to this. But the question is why? So I'm a 30-year Marine. Came in under Ronald Reagan. I got under Donald J. Trump. And during those three decades, we've seen tremendous difference in this country, right? It hasn't just changed. It's declining. That's a fact. We're declining culturally. When I came in the Marine Corps, all we wanted was social engineers. When did Please don't make me do that. You all saw that. When I graduated high school in 1983, we were number one in the world for, for education and had been for over 100 years. We'd gone to the moon in the 60s, did it five more times just to show the world we could do it all day long. Our children today are 25th in the world for math, reading, and science. 25th. How did that occur? Why do we have a Department of Education? They have failed so miserably, they've earned the right to go away. Now, we also have integrity problems. I understand you're going to ask me about the election and what do I think, and I'm happy to talk about that specifically, but we have an integrity problem throughout government. I don't look at the FBI the way I did, the DOJ the way I did, the Department of Education, the IRS. Everything seems to be weaponized against us. The reason many of us fought and served this country was that everyone could live the way they want to live. That means you can pray the way you want to pray, say what you want to say, love how you want to love, and vote how you want to vote, and at the end of the day, we'll grab a beer. But I don't understand how now we have weaponized individual liberty against people. You can't do that. You, you know, you if you don't do what there. I tell you, you can't go to get You led job. me there. Let's talk about those elections of last year. What about what happened in November and maybe in January makes you, you know, to use the word, suspicious? All right. So let's just step back. I'm going to skip that and go to the, to the second and third order effects that really bother me. All right? What happened, we don't know. So what can we do in a nation of laws? How do we resolve a grievance? When I think something happened and someone says, no, it didn't, there's supposed to be mechanisms for us to resolve our disputes. I want to challenge you. Look up these words on Google. The role of us.gov. They will tell you, American courts, the role of the court is, and I quote, to determine what really happened and what should be done, if anything. So when we go to the courts and we say we had questions, not even saying it's stolen, hey, will someone look at this? And they won't even see them. The legislature won't look at them. The state courts won't look at them. The federal court won't look at them. And the Supreme Court. Are we a nation of laws then? <coughs> What's left? Now, the second thing that troubles me the most, it's about the ballots. I am told that there's a lot of phony, fake ballots. And in fact, we actually passed an integrity um, election law based on the fact that 1,200 votes came from one residence in Fulton County, and everyone knows that they're all, they're all bogus. But when you bring up, well, let's pull them out, they go, well, we don't know who printed them, so we really don't have anyone to prosecute. We've got to leave them in there. When we go up to Racetrack or any of the convenience stores here, and I give them a $20 bill, a $50 bill, a $100 bill, they take a marker, and they go across it, and they say, hey, this is counterfeit. They don't even give it back to you. They pull it from circulation. 
We don't care who printed it. It's, it's a phony. It comes out of circulation. All we're saying when we say do a forensic audit, let's make sure only legal votes were counted. If they're illegal, you pull them. And if you disagree, then you go see the courts, and the courts have to open up. When the courts don't open up to hear grievances, they are not fulfilling their duty by their own definition. I am compelled to mention that we are listening to our candidates forum this evening on WGAU Athens, our congressional candidates running in Georgia 10, Colonel Mitch Swan uh, among 12 candidates, and we'll speak with the others as we move along here this evening. Uh, would you vote for anything that looks like federal control as a member of Congress? Would you vote for anything that looks like federal control of state and local elections? Oh my gosh, why would you do that? All right, there are electoral votes. We maintain those votes. We determine how they get awarded. And it's not up to the federal government. And I promise you this, if you ever did federalize something like that, and we got an election like we just had, what's our grievance mechanism? The government's like, hey, those are ours now. We're in charge of the election. You sit down. Nothing happened here. So that's awful. Next question. Let's talk about Afghanistan. Uh, and a and, and, and question from a, a, a member posed to the Oconee County Republican Party, our host this evening. Afghanistan, toss in some others as well. Iran, Pakistan, North Korea. The question of federal aid for those people. Would you be supportive uh, in any form or fashion, federal aid to those folks? Okay, it's like anything else, like the infrastructure bill. Sure, I can go through infrastructure bill and tell you things that I would actually support, like actual infrastructure, bridge, ports, airlines, airports, uh, highways. Inside of those, you know, just to say, oh, yeah, we're going to get foreign aid. Well, it depends what it's for. You know, uh, would I support education? Yeah, fresh water and wells, sure. Am I going to fund the Taliban government of Afghanistan? No. And by the way, they've got a mechanism for funding that's going to be China because China just moved into Bagram Air Force Base. They're going to take over the uh, Silk Roads, which are old roads of antiquities, trading routes from ancient times. They're not going to have any problem getting money from China. doesn't need to be us. But you listed other countries, mm -hmm. and certainly we have to have those relationships. What just happened in Afghanistan was the greatest failure in U.S. policy in our history. I used to say 50 years. It's actually history. And China now is on the move. They have momentum. And what's going to happen? We're going to see them starting to throw their elbows around the South China Sea. Do our allies and partners out there actually have confidence that we're going to come to the You've got less than two minutes now. Yeah. Okay, you're not running for president, as we mentioned uh, with another candidate. You're running for Congress. What can Congress do? regarding what you've just outlined, China, its threat in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I get elected, listen, this is who I am. I'm a congressman of the 10th District of Georgia, the Fighting 10th. Until it's redistricted, we are 25 counties. We are 800 souls. What can we do to affect how we live? If you believe we're in a culture war, and we are, the first rule of defensive warfare is harden your position. You make yourself resilient to the enemy. So if you think Georgia might turn blue, hey, we're not going to let that happen in the fighting tenth. Because any day that we want to, everyone in this room, we can control what we teach our kids in school, how our churches open and don't open during a pandemic. We can fund our law enforcement, keep our communities clean. We can come up with our own mandates on masks. And we can live free any day we want. So it's not just electing the right person. It is a conscious decision by everyone in this room. We all can make the difference. Again, uh, Mitchell Swan running for Congress. Where can folks find you on the World Wide Web? On the World Wide Web. Hey, let's do this. Why don't you just text the word SWAN, S-W-A-N, to the phone number 81411. And after you've done that, 
and you know how to spell my name correctly, S-W-A-N, go to colonelswanforcongress.com. We'd love to stay in touch. I also have some books here tonight if anyone wants. I wrote a book called Broken Arrow, Christ's Last Stand. We are, in fact, the last Christian nation of consequence in the world. This is bigger than an election. Let's man up. I'm looking for people with a Christian heart and a warrior spirit. Semper Fidelis. Colonel Mitch Swan, candidate for Congress. Thank you for coming out this evening. I'm going to welcome to the stage. And the stage, again, for the radio audience side, you can tell, I think, listening, we got a packed house. we got a standing room only back there uh, for folks. That's not supposed to be happening. Uh, we, we have standing room only here at Haddon Estates at DGD Farm. Welcome to the stage now, another of 12 candidates uh, running in Georgia 10. The election may, uh, somebody help me out here, May 24th? May 24th, yes. May 24th of next year. Mary West, candidate for Congress. Mary West, thanks for your time this morning. Thank this you, evening. Too. I do a morning radio show. <laughs> uh, a distinction, and I don't want to dwell on this any more than you do, but I notice you're the only lady up here this evening. Does that matter at all, or should it? It doesn't matter at all. I spent uh, my, most of my adult life working with men only. I was in the Army for 10 years, just guys. I mean, it was after the Vietnam War. That must have been awful. Not really. <laughs> Not if you like guys. <laughs> and then I was served in the legislature, and there weren't too many women there either. Were there, Charlie? Nope. Yeah, the legislature from where? Uh, Gwinnett County. And you were in the House and Senate. I was you? in the House and Senate, yes. And what did you learn there that you would apply to serving in the U.S. House? Well, what I'll tell you, let me just go to my reason for running for this position. I have a battle plan. Everything that I do, I prepare a battle plan. And my battle plan is to secure America. We are under attack right now. And I first noticed this, I know what an attack looks like. When you've served in the armed forces, both as an enlisted soldier and an officer, you know what an attack looks like. And we've been under attack for a long time. Now, what I did learn, to your point, from being in the House and Senate, I know that what we're having problems with security-wise can only be fixed in Congress. And the reason it can only be fixed in Congress is because they have the legislative ability to handle defense problems. How so? Well, they have the pocketbook, and that's where the laws get made. The president doesn't have the control of those. He does have control over the Defense Department, but not over most security issues that are legislative. Again, Mary West, candidate for Congress, I, I, I've asked this question and the others ask of you now. You mentioned you're running in a 10th district that's going to look different in a few weeks. What, what, if anything, does that do to the way you run your campaign and your thoughts about representing a district in which you theoretically may not live? I love it. I raised my kids in Gwinnett County, which is probably still going to be part of the district if it were close to it. And um, it doesn't doesn't Refresh matter. my memory, you're in Evans now? No, no I in, live in Rens, in Georgia. Rens. Yeah. So my husband and I uh, live in Rens, Georgia. We, I am the CEO of an international science and technology company that is relocated in downtown Rens, Georgia. Thank goodness for rural internet. The uh, Georgia legislature has done a good job of putting fiber throughout the country so that we can have an international company in downtown rents. Uh, did the Georgia legislature, you mentioned them, did they do in your mind a good job in fixing the election issues that we saw in November of last year? Do you support Senate Bill 202? I am not running for the Georgia House of Representatives or the Georgia Senate. 
I do know, though, that this election affected us horribly. We had so many, I, I live on a farm, we had so many ballots come to my house. We could let me, not let me stop it. Ballots or ballot applications? Uh, both. You I had, had actual multiple had ballots actual come to your house. actual ballots and ballot applications. We did not know, my children and I went through these, and my husband, we went through these. What are these, are these legitimate? So they all had that kind of look of, you know, um, here's your check and you don't know if you're kind of ignorant about it, is this a real check? So it was of great concern. And I was certain that as a result, the election was going to be fixed. The more, more of a concern that I had to do with, um, other than the ballots, was when they moved the election back. When they moved it back, and moved it back, and moved it back. Those were the primaries of last year that were moved yes. because of the pandemic. The opportunity for fraud was greater because of the movement of it. How so? What, what opened a window to fraud simply by changing the date of an election? Giving the time to the Democratic machine, Democratic Party machine, <clears throat> to steal the election. Mark my words, I know Stacey Abrams. I used to be a Democrat. The woman is evil. She knows what she's doing, and she's got the money to do it. Again, Mary West with us, candidate for Congress, uh, running in the Georgia 10th District that is open, as we say, with Jody Heiss, who uh, raises many of the same concerns. The congressman you would replace, who, who looks at the election of last year and, and, and runs against Brad Raffensperger. That's how strongly he feels about it. says we need to unseat the current Secretary of State. Do you hold Brad Raffensperger culpable? Do you hold Governor Brian Kemp responsible in some way for what you think happened in November of last year? And uh, let me divert in a way, I'm running for Congress. I want to secure our country. We are under attack right now. We are under attack by the Democratic Party. We're under attack by the communists that are coming after us. Russia and China are coming for our greatness. They want our money. They want our children. They're busy indoctrinating us right now. And honestly, it's up to President Trump to do what he can to secure, make sure that the election is taken care of. It's up to all of us to make sure that future elections are handled, that they are not stolen from us, and that we vote, that we vote every single time there's an election. But that is part of security. We have energy security problems, we have cyber security problems, we have domestic security problems, foreign security problems food security, you name it, we are in big, big trouble. And we know it. We viscerally feel it. But I'm telling you, it's there, and that is my main focus. I don't want to go backwards worrying about past stuff. Let's make sure this never happens again. Let's not lose these elections. You mentioned quickly, in just, just a couple of quick moments left here, Mary West, candidate for Congress, you mentioned uh, China and Russia coming after our money. Last time I looked, we're $23 trillion in the hole, and they're about to print up some more. We don't know yet how much more. What do we do about that, or is it too late to do anything? No, it's not too late. It's not too late. In fact, get rid of the Democrats right now. Get rid of them. I understand, and this is something, I'm going to mention this because this ticked me off. When President Trump said 
Republicans <clears throat> don't vote. Hell no, go vote. I am, I love the man. He's the reason I'm a Republican. But vote, because if you don't vote, the Democrats are coming for you. They're coming for your grandchildren. Get out and vote. Where do folks find Mary West online? MaryWest.us. MaryWest.us. What are you hearing out there as you meet the voters? What are they saying to you? Actually, security. Security is a big thing. In fact, each one of the fellows that talked before me all said something about security in their speeches. Security is the number one issue. There are many, many facets of it, and that's what... What people are saying. MaryWest.us, I believe yes. you said. MaryWest.us. Yep. MaryWest candidate for Congress. Best of luck out there. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you. MaryWest candidate for Congress. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.